We are live with another episode of Comic Talk. We were off for two weeks, but now we are back. I see Cindy out there. Uh, what's up, Cindy? Uh, comic Talk is that show brought to you by The Keek, where we talk about the weekly releases of comic books. Now, for those of you who don't know, DC Comics come out on Tuesdays, Marvel Comics and Indie Comics come out on Wednesdays, and we're here on Thursday to talk about what those releases were. Uh, I can't do it alone, even though, did I introduce myself? I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. I can't do it alone, so I've obviously brought two amazing guests who have read uh, as many comics as they could this week, uh, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Uh, longtime guest of Comic Talk, specifically Manny Batista. Manny, how you doing? Doing great. I'm excited to talk about this week's comics. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you. You're always a blast to have. You know your shit, and we could see all of that behind you. So, like, <laughs> I'm assuming you've read the comics behind you because you got shelves and shelves and shelves. Now, this is just a Zoom background. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, on the flip side, these are real comics that I have behind me. <laughs> Uh, for those of you uh, who are watching us, watching us live, you can see our backgrounds, and you're watching us on on many streaming platforms. Wherever you're watching, if you could give us a like, a follow, a kiss and a hug, whatever, that'd be greatly appreciated. But our number one streaming platform is Volume.com, and you can find us there at Volume.com slash The Keeg Show, where we live stream from. Uh, it's an awesome new streaming platform for music and musicians and, and singers and niche geek shows. So, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can on Volume.com. And uh, we also have another guest, a newcomer to Comic Talk, but he's been on other Keeg-related shows talking about random things, like I think most recently Invincible. I yeah. think I had you on the Invincible episode. We got Kyle Dodson. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm also excited to talk about these comics. Most of which I yeah. came in in the middle of events, so it'll be very interesting. <laughs> right, because because you're new to comic talk, it's like kind of throwing you to be like, yeah, read as much as you can, even if you haven't read previous, for the sake of the show. The show needs you, Kyle. The show yeah. needs you. Uh, so please jump in in the middle. Uh, but there were a couple of things that weren't yeah. necessarily the middle, right? But no, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to that. But uh, first, before I, uh, before I, uh, um, we we get to the actual releases, just to get to know you two better. Um, I'm gonna ask you guys a question for any newcomers out there, like Cindy out there uh, on our volume chat. She is saying. Uh, she's here to learn. What would you recommend? And it, it's tough for a blanket statement. What comic would you recommend for newcomers to read? And I know it's a tough question because, like, what are the newcomers into? But at the same time, like, I don't know. Do your best. Uh, Kyle, Kyle, you can go first. Um, I think my I think my go to for this question is usually like Batman Hush because it's very oh, okay. like you can buy it. It's already complete and collected it kind of has like like animated series vibes it has a lot of villains in it it has a lot of stuff going on but you're gonna like know most of the characters or the characters you don't know it'll introduce but it kind of has like the classic rogues gallery and um so that would be like kind of my thing um yeah okay batman hush and you uh that's like a a, uh you can get like at a trade paperback or a yeah 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 um and that's not recent, but Batman no. Hush is a good way to kind of get started on your Batman journey. 
And then I'm sure after that point, you got to get like more specific with the recommendations. Yeah. But Batman Hush is a good start because the art also captivates people. Like I would say yeah. Long Halloween, but Long Halloween's art might not be good for newcomers who might be like, eh, I don't like the art. Yeah, I, I, I find too that sometimes people are turned off by like, like art from like 80s or even like early 90s. So I feel like this yeah. is like a good, like sort of sort of modern, but it, it does have some of those tones. So it's, it's kind yeah. of a good overall. Enjoy this. Yeah, Batman Hush is is definitely a good start. Uh, Manny, what would you recommend? Uh, first of all, Batman Hush, great suggestion. I often call that the blockbuster Batman movie of uh, <laughs> Batman comics, you know? Yeah. Uh, just a yeah. bunch of stuff happening, but not a lot to, like, really dig into so you can just, like, have a good time. Yeah. Uh, as for, honestly, Invincible. And hear me out. Not yeah. just the, the book. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it... Uh, I often describe it as everything that I love about superhero comics without all of the stuff that I hate, right? So you don't have to worry about a larger universe for the most part. You don't have to worry about reboots or retcons. You don't have to worry about jumping in anywhere in the middle. You were at the beginning of a brand new superhero story that throughout it has genuinely great emotional moments, real stakes, like actually funny humor, uh, and it doesn't require any prior knowledge about superheroes or even like metatextual knowledge about superheroes. There's a lot of uh, like superhero commentary stuff usually does. It is a great fresh start for somebody just looking for a really great superhero comic without all of the regular trappings of sort of Marvel and DC. Yeah, and, and Invincible is also a good choice because especially for people who have seen the, the show, like if you like the show, just hop on the Invincible train because mm-hmm. the book is different than the show too, but at the same time, like it's the same, Right. Yeah, the show does a great job of adaptation because it doesn't just yeah. do with the book. Like, even from the first episode, it immediately differentiates itself from the book, and I think that's great for people who still, for people, because you can still go back and read the book and be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, Invincible, it's it, I mean, I would say only 144 issues. And it sounds funny when I say that, but when you think about, like, Detective Comics, if you want to read Detective Comics from the beginning, why you would do that from 1930s, it's 1,033 issues, right? It's literally, because they, they, because ever since Detective Comics 1000 came out, they were like, okay, we're going to do these renumberings of like, uh, let's have the original numbering, right? Mm-hmm. And Detective Comics is at like 1033. And so Action Comics is is past that point. Action Comics had to have been, right? Because Superman yeah. came out before Batman, 1938 and 1939, respectively. But um, so even though it's 144 issues, that's just an issue a month for 12 years. But it's way better than like Batman Hush was further than 12 years ago. Yeah. If you wanted to read Batman comics from Hush onwards, like. Yeah. That's like, tw- like. Almost 20 years, like 18 years of comics. Yeah. So 144 issues is not that bad. And once you start reading Invincible, you're gonna you're not gonna want to stop. You're just gonna keep reading. It's keep also reading. a straight shot all the way through, which mm-hmm. is more than you can say for almost any other superhero book. You're not working with tie-ins and other things. You're not working with, well, this is part one of a three-part story. The other three parts are gonna be in other books. No, the whole thing takes place right there in Invincible. Mm-hmm. And there is supplementary material, but that all has no bearing on the main plot of the main book, which is great. Right, right. 
Uh, right now on volume.com, we got 412 people, 421, 436. It just, it's going up. Uh, <laughs> people watching us. Uh, we got SSO random obadab. Like, there, I, it looks, and I, I don't know. I see someone's username, and I can't tell whether they're random letters at the end or not. Uh, I would assume because it says random right before it, and then letters. Anyway, uh, this person says, I'm excited to hear Manny's thoughts. And so, uh, looks like Manny got fans out there. Um, no pressure. Uh, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> it's all about you, Manny. Uh, Invincible is a good one. Invincible is a good one. What I would recommend is not The Boys. I don't know yeah. if I've talked to you yeah. about my hatred of The Boys comic book. But it, it pretty much it's the opposite of in, Invincible in the way that, like, if you saw The Invincible show, read the comics. If you saw The Boys show and you liked it, which I did, I liked The Boys show, don't read the comics. The comics yeah, are straight the garbage. Yeah. Is all you need. Just the show. Yeah. Just the show. Like, do not read the boys' comic. It's the worst. It's just the absolute worst. <laughs> and, like, I want to be able to recommend it, but no. No. Uh, by the way, the, the user is Danny. He says, I'm supposed, it's supposed to be Manny's biggest fan, but I can't figure out how to make a username. It's Danny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, like Cindy, Cindy says, really, the comics are bad. Yeah, if you want to just like have rape as a joke, I guess and they're like pr- they're like, like pretty racist too. They're oh, Garth Ennis like, doesn't know how to write any people of color without even his good guys, even like Mother's Milk is yeah, no, not written well. Like, I have problems with Robert Kirkman, 739 viewers on volume.com. Create an account. Chat with us. Let us know what what comics you want to read, if you want recommendations. We just broke a 1,000 people on volume.com. Volume.com, thank you so much. But create an account and talk with us because we would love to hear your thoughts about comic books who your favorite heroes are. If you tell us your favorite hero, we can tell you a good starting off uh, point, you know? Um, but yes, Robert Kirkman has problems writing black characters, but not to the degree of Garth Ennis. Robert Kirkman means well, and I can nitpick about it. I can nitpick about his character writing. Um, but Garth Ennis is like, I, I, there, there, I feel like Garth Ennis, somebody could come up to him and be like, Hey dude, like you might want to work on those characters. And he'd be like, fuck off. And Robert Kirkman would be like, Oh, what, what would happen? You know? I have very specific thoughts about Ennis because I feel like when he cuts down on a lot of his like ridiculous over the top bullshit, because that's kind of what the boys is right. When you cut all that down, he genuinely has some really interesting and great character stories. Like I feel like a lot of preacher has like some really genuinely great character moment, that, that character moments yeah. that got me invested in some of it is again, watered down by a lot of the, he, he, he needs to add his like shock value stuff. But when you cut when you when you cut down to it, he's like a great character writer. If you just get him in the in the right scenario, like right, it, it like bothers me so much sometimes. I'm like, oh, he's like this close to like, uh, very often, uh, with a lot of his more ridiculous stuff, he's like this close to having me like really get there. He he gets there right. for me in like Preacher and some other stuff, but Punisher definitely. But I like his more. Punisher run. Yes, I like his Punisher run yeah. because he has to deal with. And this is the same with, like, a lot of geniuses out there, right? They need parameters. Mm -hmm. Some geniuses think they don't need parameters, and they do. And then there's geniuses that, like, James Gunn, who I think, 
you know, who is like, okay, tell me the parameters and I'll work within those parameters, but that's it. I will do whatever I can within those parameters, but tell me the parameters. And I think that Taika, Taika Waititi, James Gunn, they've been able to work with big movie studios that tell them parameters and then they do their best. And I think it works. But I think there's people like, uh, I don't know, George Lucas that like, you throw enough money at George Lucas, he's just going to do whatever he wants and he's going to mess up bad. That's my opinion. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but um, if there's but, uh, but also uh, kudos to the, the creators of the boys show for really like mining yeah. that garbage heap for like the, the, the gems and finding yeah. those like moments like Manny was saying and like, yeah, basically saying, okay, this is the show. Like butcher is a likable character some of the time in the show and never yeah. in the comics. <laughs> never in the comics. And you never know Garnett is like, this is the this is the coolest dude ever. It's like, no, yeah. that is awful. This is me. This is me. And it's like, oh, if that's you, you're a shit human being. Oh man. Um but yes, the boys show is satire. Like it's smart satire mm-hmm. with some gross out shock elements, but not to the point where you're like, oh yeah, they hate women. You know? Yeah. The boys comic hates women. The boys show does not. And I think that there's a difference with the way they do things. You uh, know? SSO Random mentions mm-hmm. that uh, Ennis wrote one of the best and one of the worst Constantine arcs. That is exactly like <laughs> the range to show how how hit or miss Ennis is. Uh, yeah. Because I forget the name of the story, but he does one about uh, Constantine getting cancer after smoking, and it's mm. legit maybe one of the best comic stories I've ever read. It's excellent. I've never like, read it. It's, it's so it. good. Uh, but a lot of his other stuff on Preacher's rough. <laughs> mm. Um, Yeah, uh, I, can, I, can, I can see that. Uh, we have multiple random people in the audience. I don't know what's happening with, like, a username generator or, or whatever, but we have two random people, SSO random, blah, 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 and SSO random, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know what's happening with usernames, but let's, uh, for, for anyone out there that wants recommendations, let us know in the chat. We would love to, we can divert conversations to kind of work on that. Um, but uh, we're here. Normally comic talk is about talking about the weekly releases of comics for, uh, for anyone who doesn't know how it works. Uh, comic shops, uh, 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 comicsology. There, there's like digital comics. There's print comics. Um, you you get them every Tuesday or Wednesday every single week. Uh, essentially, publishers are releasing a quarter of their of their series on on one week, a quarter on another, a quarter on another, and a quarter on another. So that each series is coming out once a month. Uh, so if you want Batman proper, like the Batman title, Batman comes out once a month, whatever week, and but Superman might come out on a different week, you know? Um, so we're going to go over the comics that came out this week, uh, which isn't, again, everything, but it's a quarter of everything if we're assuming four weeks. Uh, thank you so much for the follow, SSO Random. Uh, for anyone out there who wants to create an account and follow us, we would definitely appreciate it. Um, what is a, what's a comic? Uh, uh, well, Kyle, we'll go to you first. Kyle, uh, what's a comic that you read this week? Um, let me, I'll just go because it's at the, it was one I was really looking forward to was the Kang the Conqueror, like, solo series. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, how uh, how do you how do you like that? While you're talking about that, I'm gonna try to look up uh, 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 the pictures for it to show okay. everybody. Um, if they come yeah. up, they come up, and if they don't, they don't. But I would love to hear your thoughts about uh, Kang. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I liked it a lot. It's, just, it's the first issue, so we'll see where it goes. It was a it was a cool setup. It wasn't it wasn't just regurgitating. Here's what Kang is. Just it, but it was really like kind of putting you the young um kang the conqueror or, or nathaniel richards really and his future oh, okay. self comes back um and basically like grabs him and is like hey i'm gonna train you and like basically shows him all of these battles and kind of like half explains things um and, and is like we have a year to prepare you and uh if you're not prepared by the end of the year then like tough, you're gonna die. He he basically takes him back to when the dinosaurs are gonna go extinct. He's like, one year from today, an yeah. asteroid's gonna hit. Um, and so he like kind of trains him and like weapons and combat and like teaches him about like time travel sort of. But then also just sits there and like gets drunk and cries. Well, this young right. Daniel Richards is like super confused. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it was cool. It was a cool setup. Um, I'll be interested to see where the series goes. The, the end kind of basically, it almost felt like a, an issue zero versus an issue one, but uh, oh. I really liked it. Okay. You know what this uh, is like? Uh, what? Do you, you ever read that uh, Thanos Rising miniseries from a couple years back that Jason Aaron did? That sort of. I might have read the first couple issues. Was it good? Uh, it was like a Thanos origin story, right? That's sort uh -huh. of a lot more character focus on young Thanos. Mm -hmm. and this is definitely what that feels like. This feels like. Yeah. Uh, a straight up Kang origin story where we're like from Kang's perspective. Uh, and I, and I agree with you. I really dug that. Uh, also, we got like the origin of the lines on Kang's face. Yeah. Like weirdly, which is like, kinda... what, what, yeah. what's the origin story about? I got the covers up by the way. What's the origin story about the lines on Kang's face? Uh, there's this uh, woman that he falls in love with and he sort of goes to their tribe and, they they do like a whole ceremony and they put two blue lines on his face and then he goes back to uh -huh. old Kang and old Kang's like you're not supposed to fall in love how dare you, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then just <laughs> annihilates that whole group of people and I guess now they're like a symbol of vengeance rather than the love that he felt in the beginning. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is the young Kang in this story going to become old Kang or are they alternates? Variants for those of you who watch Loki, are they variants of each other? I it's Through hard to tell. Fractured timeline. It's, it's yeah. It seems like they are. I, I mean, I, I think the young Kang will become a variant. I'm assuming when old Kang got him, it branched into a new timeline. Obviously. Yeah. Well, um, unless he was raised by was, old Kang when he yeah. was like, if it anyways happened, then yeah, it would be the same yeah. person. But I don't, they haven't, they basically, he didn't say that. Like, he's showing him, like, here are all these mistakes I made, and, like, you can be overprepared. And it, it does a nice, like, kind of in that montage, there's, like, a big splash page of, like, you know, kind of, like, Kang highlights from over the years redrawn, him fighting the Avengers and him fighting Fantastic Four and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, it was, it, it was cool. It, it, that's what I, I don't know if it's going to be, like, old Kang, if he's, if he's trying to get him to fight, you know, Immortus or a different version of Kang eventually. Mm. I'm sure there will we'll be seeing a lot of lot more Kang variants okay. throughout. I'm concerned Is... about this simply because 
almost every Kang story devolves into like nonsense halfway in because we 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 fucked with time travel way too many times. So I really hope this stays consistent and stays followable because right now I'm I'm on the train, but yeah. <laughs> an overwhelming majority of Kang stories will lose me midway. So like I really hope this has it has a like a an A to B plot is 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 all is all I want from from this. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's the question about this series. Uh for someone who who watched Loki, the final episode and doesn't know of Kang as as a character yet, is this a good jumping on point to Kang in the comics? Uh, it's too early to say, I think. Okay. Like, is it too complicated, or is it not? It, it's not, but it also doesn't, like, it's, it doesn't have Loki yet, it, or, an, or an all, maybe. It doesn't have TVA or anything. It just is, like, right. so if you're coming in it from a Loki perspective, it might, it's just, like, Here's this character. The character does not look like Jonathan Majors. So right. it's like almost very much like Okay. Yeah. This feels like your traditional take on Kang, all things considered, mm-hmm. based on what we've got right now. Okay. Uh uh, okay. I'm just wondering, because there are certain certain titles that are like good hopping on points that that I, I think when people read the comics, they know it's not going to be the same exact thing. But if they're trying to get into comics and they're like, I want to know about this time traveler, Kang the Conqueror, and I've only seen the Jonathan Majors version, but I know he's going to be different. Maybe you prep yourself for it. Could Kang number one be a good hopping on point for kind of getting to learn what this character is about? Or is there a better Kang story out there that could be a good hopping on point? No. Uh, the answer to that second question, or at least not that I can think of. Uh, right. Kyle, if you've got one, please. He has very uh, convoluted no, I mean, stories and entrances. Yeah, and stuff, so yeah. It's, it's hard to say. I would almost, uh, I would almost like either seek out something like the Earth's Mightiest Heroes show, which is on uh, Disney Plus, because they have some Kang episodes like right in the first season that are, that are a little bit easier to digest, a little easier to follow. Um, and then, I mean, he's kind of in the young Avengers, like as a villain a little bit, but that can get convoluted too. So I, mm. I would just say like, if you want to watch something with him, maybe Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I feel I feel like I will need to read more of this to really determine whether or not this is a the story at least is a good Kang jumping on point. Like, I want I want to get like a, like a good you know what is it like six issues I think altogether five issues. Yeah, I think yeah five or six. Yeah, I, I feel oh, like it's a mini series. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like by issue three, I think like you said, like we'll know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, what other? Let's see. What other uh like Manny, what what book did you what's another book uh that you read this week? Uh Nightwing. I, I think everybody read Nightwing. Nightwing. Right? I love I love I love Nightwing so much. This run is so good. Um here's a cover of it, uh both the main cover and the variant cover with him and Bitewing, aka aka Haley. He's named his dog Haley. Uh and then somebody was like, oh, it's Bitewing. Um, Nightwing has a dog. He's every TikTok comic book girl and bi guy's dream. Like Nightwing <laughs> is Nightwing is like everybody's dream boyfriend. Uh, you know, if you're if you're into that. Um 
because he's just i mean he's awesome and this the the story is really good uh manny what you what do you think of it i'm liking this book one it feels very very tom taylor and i say that in the best way possible uh in that he is uh talking about Nightwing dealing with the larger systemic issues uh, in Bloodhaven, which is also kind of funnily enough what he's doing over in his Superman book with John, where John is like, I want to deal with larger yeah. systemic issues, but for the world because he's Superman and Nightwing's like, you know, for this one very particular city. Uh, and I really right. dig that. Uh, Tom Taylor does, I think, what everybody thinks the Bat Family sounds like in their head. In the in in a good way because he like that 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 uh, like the Bat Family group chat, I think if you ever read those texts on there or just right. the, the way in which they communicate is like super casual and fun and that's something yeah. that I like wish I saw more anytime any other time the Bat Family interacted because they feel right. like genuine family and not just like you know oh we have to do superhero adventures together you know what I mean yeah. Uh, yeah it feels it feels like yeah like they're brothers and sisters and not like just edge lords. Exactly. That's exactly. Right. Uh, the whole Bat Family and Batman just being an edge lord, I'm not a fan of. I love the mm -hmm. Bat Family. That's my favorite aspect of Batman. I love Batman. I like him even better when he's teaming up with his family. When he is a father to these characters, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. that, that's uh, my that's my favorite version of Batman. A Batman who cares, who's driven by compassion, not by anger. Maybe anger too, but like not vengeance. It's I, I don't know. Compassionate Batman is my favorite. So how did you feel about the Batman moment in this book? All the way. Uh, the uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't get that far. I actually oh. didn't get that far to to finish. What was the? T tell me what was the Batman moment? Uh, I don't care. Uh, so you know, Nightwing decides that he is going to you know. Uh, make do this initiative, make the Alfred Foundation, and he's getting like calls and texts from everybody. And Bruce just does it like you honored his like you honored his memory, and you're like, oh. Uh, he has a conversation with Superman in this book that yeah. mirrors the one that he had with him in Nightwing Year One, which I appreciated that callback all the way back to that story. Uh, and yeah. they like even reference it. He's like, hey, I talked to you when I was when I got this mantle, and, I, and you were like the best person I've ever gotten advice from, and. Uh, Superman is like the one superhero that will make me cry in any given situation. Uh, really? So, absolutely. I am a sucker for, like, wholesome Superman moments, and this yeah, was yeah. very much in the vein of a lot of those, along with Nightwing, who also does a great job at those kinds of moments. So, uh, I, was I was really invested emotionally throughout this issue, and I have been throughout this book, and I think uh, that's really important for a Nightwing book, because it feels like after all that Rick Grayson stuff, this is what we need to, like, refresh that character. Uh, yeah. Also, side note, Bruno Redondo kicks ass. The artist on this? The artist is so good. It's so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, like, yeah. Uh, fight scene with the helicopter where he, like, flips through it. Oh. Like, so sick. And he's doing the covers, too, right? Yes. Which is yeah. rare, right? Normally, the interior artist doesn't do the cover, right? But like that, that cover that they that you can see that I just showed of Nightwing swinging, and you you essentially see him changing as he's going down. That's the type of art that's inside because you you follow the motion and just the 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 sequential art from a sequential art point of view. The art is amazing, and then also like the faces and the and the love that you see in their eyes. Um, Kyle, did you read this one? Yeah, yeah, and I really liked it, and it's it's. This has been on my list of like, oh, I have to read this, I have to read this, and then because of this, 
I was like, I forced myself to read it. I was like, oh yes, like so now this is definitely gonna make me go back and catch up because yeah, I kind of was turned off about the Rick Grayson stuff and stopped yeah. reading for a while. And then when Tom Taylor came, came on, I was like, all right, this is gonna be good. Yeah. And then I just, just forgot. Yeah, uh, to, for anyone out there that doesn't know who Rick Grayson is, Nightwing is Dick Grayson. But don't you just love it when your favorite superhero gets shot in the head, forgets who they are, buzzes their hair, and changes their name? Don't you just love it when that happens? Also, that seems to happen a lot in comics. What, the forgetting who like, you are? Yeah, like you, like something happens, they forget who they are, and they're the either like they basically are the antithesis of what they are. Like it happened in yeah. Batman, like at the end of Snyder's run, yeah. it happened mm-hmm. like, and then this Rick Grayson. Then I think they're like, a f- there are a few definitely animated series episodes that are like this mm. throughout. Someone just forgets who they are. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's like a soap <laughs> opera technique, and so it happens a lot on filler episodes of any show that has like a 22 episode season where they're mm-hmm. like, well, I guess this week we're going to have Archie forget he's Archie. And like, you know what I mean? Like, like I feel like, but it's so lazy. It's lazy writing uh, is like amnesia episodes. Did you guys notice Barbara's shirt in this issue? Anybody it take was, note of that? No. What was, what was it? Was it green? It was, it was green. a Batman slapping Robin shirt. That's so oh, funny. Yeah. That's funny. They kiss, by the way, Barbara and Dick. Yes. I don't know if you guys know, I've I've probably brought it up to Manny. I love shipping and I love characters because I want love in real life for myself. But if I can't have it, then uh, the characters that I love, I want them to have it. And they're fake. I get it. They're fictional characters. So then, like, let's not put their heads in fridges, right? Like, let's have them actually find love, which is the opposite of fridging, right? It's yeah. like, let them find Shipping love. Shipping is the like, opposite of fridging. Is that what, the, that what we're learning <laughs> now? I mean, in a way, right? It's like you want the best for the characters instead of the worst when you realize that characters that love each other are just as interesting as characters that hate each other, right? You, I think you hit the nail right on the head in a, in a roundabout way. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, comics make us cry all the time, Dimitri. We, yeah. As we've established on the show before. Yeah. There was an episode where each of us cried about a different thing like that we were reading. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, ah, this is, this, is, this is the reason Comic Talk exists. It's part therapy, too. You know? <laughs> we're, we're talking through our stuff. You know? Um... I'm sure there's book clubs out there where people are like, let's read the notebook or whatever, where they're crying. And it's like, yeah, that's yeah. what this is. Comic it's talk like is the notebook is the... with spandex. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that uh, also has a thing where someone forgets who they are in it. Right. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Nightwing and the art, the art in it. It's amazing. I wish I could bring uh, more of it. Uh, and, uh, and I love Barbara. I love Barbara and Dick, by the way. That's my more than Starfire, Starfire and Dick. I like Barbara and Dick. Like he, they're my one true love. They're the OTP for me. I, I was going to say Manny brought up uh, the Superman scene, which is like only I think like what two pages in the whole yeah. in the whole thing. It's really brief. But like I'm not like a huge Superman fan, mainly because I'm like I like I like curated Superman stuff. But yeah. uh, 
I like this is this is the type of Superman I like, where he's like, you know, a kind person. He's not like you know killing Zod or whatever. Like he's, you know, uh, he's being helpful. And and Dick knows like, oh, I could I can call Superman whenever I want, and he would probably show up. But I've like done it twice, or like call it out that I've done it twice to ask him this advice. And yeah. uh, and he gives good advice. And he's sitting he's sitting on his cape, which I thought was super funny. Uh. Right, yeah, bring it up. he's the DC yeah. Universe's awkward dad. That's yeah, what it's all about. That's great. Su- Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I can imagine Superman popping downstairs when the kids are in the basement having a sleepover and be like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey how's it going? Everybody having a lit time? Everybody, what's up? What, how's it going, fam? And like, it's like, dude, you're the strongest being in this universe. Like. Leave us alone. <laughs> did, Man, I hear someone, you... did I hear someone doesn't have a date for the school dance? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I I was across town when I said it. <laughs> Stop listening to me, Dad. Uh, but uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Danny Lore out there, I guess... Uh, it was one of the previous Dan. Oh yeah. Danny changed his username. That's good. That's good. You managed to do that. Um, and then we got Arthur Bannock, uh, out there. Um, but Danny lore says, uh, they are two that I ship with everyone. He's talking about, uh, Starfire and Dick. I think, I think they're talking about shipping in the comments. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love Nightwing and Superman's relationship because Superman's an uncle. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, essentially it's your dad's best friend. Right. In a way. And, and Nightwing being first born had to deal with like, as the first born in my family, um, I have a younger sister, like parents, they make more mistakes, I think with the first born and that's fine because it's the first born and you learn from your mistakes and you do a little bit better on your second born and then your third born. And I think it goes downhill after that. No offense to anyone who has three or more siblings, but I feel like like your parenting gets better at a certain point. Um, and but like Superman is like your dad's best friend who who has been there, so he's like an uncle, and uh, he's the really good uncle. And uh, uh, I like their relationship, Nightwing and Superman, because uh, they're probably closer in age, right? Like Nightwing can't be that much younger than Batman, like 20, 20 years, 25 years, if that. He's still a young yeah. dad in that case. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, you're right. Because he would have probably adopted him in his mid-20s. Nightwing is, what, 12 when he gets into the role? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So 12 and 25? Like, yeah, that's that would have been... Not, that's a... Yeah. And, was he 12? Also, was Nightwing 12? Or I thought he was like yeah, 8 or something. 8, 12. It's like it's in that range. Yeah. And yeah. ambiguously in uh, like, like a yeah. middle schooler, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But point being is it's a, probably only a 15-year difference between between the two of them. Well, and, and Superman, too, He's come. he probably is coming at it more of like this is how, like, Superman grew up with a father. Figure yeah. Jonathan Kent. I mean, Batman grew up with alfred pennyworth but his is yeah his is driven by you know, like not having parents. getting revenge versus 
uh, or, you know, like dealing with it this way, which is, yeah. you know, and then Superman's coming out. It's like, oh, this is, if I had asked my dad this, these, this is probably the advice he would give me. So like, that's, right. it's like interesting to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nightwing's definitely a good book and start like a couple, I don't remember what issue the new, the new start of Nightwing happened, but I think that's a good jumping on point for anyone who wants to read a legitimately good comic from the quote-unquote yeah. start. You only have to go, like, five issues back. Yeah, this was 83. So Yeah, yeah whatever so the like Infinite in, Frontier, the first yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. 78. Start at 78. 78? Yes. Start at Nightwing 78, people. Listen to us. We know best. Nightwing 78, if you want to get on to a real good run, just start with Nightwing 78. You don't have to necessarily read the other 77 comics because it's kind of a new start. That's what DC's Infinite Frontier initiative is for is for kind of refreshing a start without refreshing the numbers and pushing that new continuity forward. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, Manny said Nightwing. Uh, what's another, what's another, let's see. Did anyone read um, Trial of Magneto? Because I really want to talk about Trial of Magneto. Yeah, yeah, I read that. You read that? Manny did not though, right? Nope. So Manny, feel free to ask questions about it because people out there who haven't read it We'll probably have those same questions. But Trial of Magneto, so for anyone who doesn't know, X-Men have a new status quo. All the mutants are on one island nation together. All the mutants, bad and good. And there's been a lot of uh, uh, ups and downs with that decision in the context of the X-Men universe. But they just found Scarlet Witch's dead body, and they're trying to figure out who killed her. And all signs are pointing to Magneto killing his daughter who is not a mutant. So there's a little bit of politics in the, in the uh, comic about whether to bring her back to life because they only do that for mutants. They bring mutants back to life, but they won't do it for Scarlet Witch. Also, Scarlet Witch is the boogeyman to the kids and the mutants of Krakoa because she is the great pretender or whatever they call her. But uh, Kyle, did you, do you have any thoughts about this? Jump in. You, you jumped in the deep end in this one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't. I haven't read any of Hickman's X Men because, uh, like, like, man, like we had said beforehand, Manny was like he wants to binge it all. That's how I feel. Um, yeah. It was interesting because I did know Krakoa. Uh, I did know that all the mutants were there. I didn't know that she wasn't a mutant uh, or okay. anymore. Or is or yeah? Did she Quicksilver and her? Okay. Um, but he can still run fast. Is it like, is it just it's, proof that they're not mutants or what is, yeah. what is that? They're, okay. like they're the high genetic, evolutionary thing, right? Yeah. It was high evolutionary genetically tinkered with them. Okay. And, so it's like, they so, made it like in the Avengers movies, how they're. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the problem. Okay. They made that decision before Marvel got the X-Men movie rights back. So right. in so, the Marvel comics, they were like, pushing the mutants down and like kind of brushing over them. In... So Krakoa is like Fox Island. It's <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah. what it was. Go over uh, here. Krakoa, Krakoa happened after. Krakoa okay. happened after Disney got Fox. But the okay. point being is before Disney got Fox, they were like the mutants are dying of Mpox yeah. and the Inhumans are rising and and the Terrigen Mists are creating more Inhumans, but then people don't want the Inhumans in the movies. They want X-Men, and they got the rights back, so now Inhumans are dead, and X-Men are, like, okay. growing at a rapid pace. So, 
Because in my, in my brain, I just was like, oh, she must have just, like, done a House of M on herself and just wished she wasn't a mutant or something like oh. that. So, but it, so regardless... I think there's I mean, more I to really... it. I think... I personally think there's more to it than what people are saying, though. Uh, okay. or, like, what's in the comics. I personally think that there's a problem with detecting mutants or not. That's what I think. Because right. okay. Kitty had a problem in the early run, or like uh, like two years ago in the comics. Kitty had a problem. She wasn't being detected as a mutant. And then there's also a lot of other flip-flops. Like Molly from Runaways was said not to, to... She was said to be a mutant, then she was said not to be a mutant, but now she's accepted being a mutant again. So okay. I think there might be an in-story reason how Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are still mutants. But that's what okay. I think. So, um, yeah, no, it was, like, it was interesting. I don't know if it was interesting for enough for me to keep reading it week to week. I might just okay. look up what's what happened. Been, like, like, oh, yeah, what happened? Because it's, like, yeah, it, uh, it's... Uh, it's really setting up to just be a red herring that it's Magneto and it's someone yes. else or someone controlling Magneto or, you know, it's someone else who has this power or maybe, you know, maybe it's like someone like Rogue who stole his powers. You know, it's a right. variety of thing. It's certainly not going to be him. And boy, would it just fizzle out if it was just him for, right? you know, whatever uh. reason. But he's not holding back the punches. Manny, you didn't read this, but, like, the X-Men gang up on Magneto. Mm -hmm. And Magneto, like, Sinch throws Dakin, or Sink, sorry. Sink throws Dakin. Dakin stabs Magneto through. And then he's like, I don't have any adamantium in my bones. And then Magneto just shoves metal into Dakin from behind, being like, I don't need metal in you when there's metal around why, like, like, there's like metal in the earth or something. That's right. what it says. Like there's an ore in the earth. Yeah, the yeah. the Magneto fight scene was super cool. That was like yeah. definitely the peak. A lot of it was like a lot of people talking and like because I haven't kept up, I don't know. There's like a mutant who apparently his powers just have eyes everywhere. Eye like, boy. Yeah, Eye boy. He's still relevant. <laughs> Let's go, oh, dude, Manny. You didn't know Eye boy was on X Factor. X Factor's their investigation comic hmm. where. They're investigating deaths of mutants. Eye boy, he's covered in eyes, but his eyes do more than just look at things. They can also sense like magnetic frequencies okay. and like and magic. He can sense magic through his eyes. Like essentially, it's all sight, right? Mm. It's it's omni. What's it called? Om, 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 omniscience. Is omniscience? Omni- I guess it's just like just sight rather than like yeah yeah all sight. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. him from Aaron's Wolverine the X-Men yeah. way back, and I loved him there, so I'm glad that he is still getting some play. And he's developing stronger sight awesome. through his powers. Uh, I think he's going to be at play, because I think that this death was something magic-based. Because at the yeah, end of the like, comic... Yeah, because basically no one can detect anything. There's like, eh. Like, yeah. <laughs> like all these all think... X-Factors here, and a bunch of other people are looking at it, and they're yeah. like, eh. Yeah. Exactly. They think it's, it's, they were like her, her, the only clue they have it that it was Magneto is that she was bound by metal and, but not by a human uh, being. Cause we have no DNA on her. And so people are, they're like, okay, it's Magneto. And then Polaris is like, uh, you think it's me? Give me a, she was like, at least give me a head start. But then they're like, we don't think it's you. We think it's Magneto. 
So Polaris kind of got off the hook here. But at the end yeah. of the comic, you find out that Scarlet Witch is talking and she was like, they think I'm dead, but I'm not dead. What happened? So there's kind of a weird thing. I think it's magic based. And I think iBoy is going to be the person who solves it. Yeah. And they kind of show her death or at least her vision of the death because like she's in white, uh, like a white Scarlet Witch outfit. And then there's a, yeah. like a figure just in a white cloak, almost like a Dr. Doom look. I'm not saying it's Dr. Doom, but it's yeah. like a Dr. Doom-esque white cloak that's purposefully yeah. hiding everything. And then th- like with like a knife that kills her or like a, right. you know, like a, a small sword or something. Yeah. It's a, uh, Dr. Doom is a creep, by the way. I just realized how many different, like, he has, like, weird fascinations with certain females in the comics. Mm -hmm. Like, Sue, obviously, but then also Scarlet Witch. Like, Dr. Doom has a weird fascination with Scarlet Witch. And I think it's because she reminds him of his mother. I I actually think that. It's weird. You know what I'm talking about? I like vaguely now that you're mentioning it, I remind it. Maybe I tried to purge it from my mind because I was like, yeah. Even like it was like a weird thing with Valeria as well, like a weird obsession with Valeria Richards throughout the Fantastic. And Valeria and Valeria is his mother's name too. Yeah. They the the Richards named their daughter after Doctor Doom's mother. Yeah, because she he helped deliver her. That's why. That was like that was like the whole platform. He was like, "I will help you with this, whatever, as long as I get to name the child." And they're like, "Oh, I'm, okay, yeah, all right." Still weird though. Absolutely. Just. I don't think it's a sexual thing between Doom and Young Valeria, but no. and or Doom and his mother. But I think that it's. I, I think that like Doom just doesn't have any children, and he's he likes Sue, and he wants Valeria to be his daughter. That's what I think. Or he's like very Norman Bates and he's just like (laughs) (laughs) thinking about his mom, like dressing up at her. Just in the doom thing, but with like a wig. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's your there's your there's your miniseries, Psycho, but it's Doom instead of Norman. Right. But it's like Doom, we can see it's you. You're wearing the metal mask dressed as the the Uh, mom. I'll be be down in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um Trial of Magneto is shaping up to be good. X-Men for, for like the whole X-Men runs have been good. There are certain X-Men comics that I'm not interested in, but I read anyway. Um, but I don't know. Uh, Kyle, you said you tried to read Marauders this week. Yeah, but but you couldn't get into it. And that's fair. It's a transitional issue. Yeah. And it was just like, um, you know, like, I didn't really know anyone who was on this team, necessarily. Like, I recognized right. a few people, but, you know, like, Banshee's in it, and uh, the, the um, uh, Emma Frost, but, like, yeah, it was just, it's, like, the 23rd issue, so it's, like, almost two years worth of build-up, and I'm just, like, I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, right. So I was just, like, uh, uh, yeah. and the blurb at the beginning was not super helpful, which... Oh, no. No, so, like sometimes they're like they give you way too much information. It'll be it's like a, it's almost like a previously on, but for the most part, it was just like these are the marauders. So I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, what's a book that you two read that I did not read? Uh, it's probably. I mean, mm-hmm. I w- I'm wondering where the overlap is between the two of you. So, like Kyle, what what you what you read? 
Um, I read Eat the Rich. Did you say you read that, Manny? I did read Eat the Rich. Talk about yeah. Eat the Rich. I'm g- I'm gonna step out just for a second, and I'll be back. But talk about Eat the Rich. I don't have. I don't think I have Eat the Rich on my pictures though. But whatever. Talk about it. I'll I'll be right that's back. That's what it looks like. Oh, that's a sick cover. Digitally, it is a cool cover. Yeah. Um. It was a. Uh, uh, go ahead, Manny. What did you think of Eat, Eat the Rich? I am interested, but it was a little like uh like like I, like I I saw the the end coming like a mile mm-hmm. away, right? And I feel like I'll really know what this book is after issue two because it's like the first issue set up the tone I think very well. It was appropriately yeah. creepy, and you sort of see her uncomfortability with everything building, and it and it's very ambiguous whether that could be just like oh I'm not like at these people's level in terms of like right. my, my where where uh, you know where I'm at financially and things like that. Uh, but they do a good job of supplementing that with like, a, oh no, things are just creepy. Although it just sort of felt like, uh, get out with uh, a white, more white people. <laughs> yeah, it felt it felt a little bit like that. It reminded me a lot of uh, that movie Ready or Not, which was similar, mm. where uh, like a like a woman is meeting her like fiance's family for the first time, and they like design games and they play like a game where they like try and kill her over the night or something like that. Um, so it was like that. Basically, the the premise is like these people. I think they're in college, maybe, and they're driving to this guy. This though, it's a couple. They're driving to his family's something or other a party or whatever yearly yearly get together with kind of all his friends. Um, it's alluded that he's stopped drinking, um, and they get there, and she feels uncomfortable talking to the family. So she's talking to like the nanny or or you know. Um, the, the help as they're called in it. And, you know, she kind of gets in trouble for talking to them and, and bonding with them. And then they basically have this big party and people are leaving the party sporadically. And then she sees them killing people. I don't know who, if it's the help or not, but, um, and then like eating them and having like barbecue, like. I guess that's what the hand of the site. thing was supposed to imply. Yeah. I think so. I mean, the the title gives it away for sure. Yeah. It was weird. It's like when I'm watching a movie and it's like I've seen the trailer, I know what it's going to be, and it, the the setup is an hour of uninteresting, like mm. hitting you over the head with what it is. Like that's what this first issue felt like. I um, I I feel that. I think I think you're pretty on the money with that. It, it's like it it like works, but it is exactly what you expected to be, and nothing yeah. more. So far, mm-hmm. so far at least, I'm sure that as we go forward, we'll start to see how they're going to change this formula and do things with it. But for mm-hmm. now, it's just like this feels like something that we just needed to get through with before we got to the rest of the book. Yeah, and it's it's different than oh, I'm trying to think because this is Boom Studios, mm-hmm. and is is something killing the children? Is that also Boom Studios, or is that uh, yes? Uh, I did okay because like that also has a title that kind of gives away what it is, but like you get right into it, like right away, like mm-hmm. they, you get right into the story and then they kind of catch you up with the world building. And I think this tried to do the opposite and like, it didn't, it was just like them on a car ride getting there. It just felt like it wasn't like, Oh, they meet. And then she's meeting some of his friends and then they get into the thing. And then they go, like, it was just kind of like it started too late, but you know, but it was still too long. Where do you think this issue like should have started? Like like ideally for you. 
I think we should have gotten a, gotten a little bit more backstory of her, like their relationship, um, like how they met or whatever, and not like super crazy, but maybe like two pages of just like quick, like you know, them a year ago, and then now like she's finally meeting his parents, or it's the end of the semester or whatever. Hmm. Um, but then just really truncate that like that ride at the beginning, um, and also like tease it show the end part from the previous year first oh. and then cut to that and you know then you're then you're right into it and then you know oh she's going to this thing and that's what happened and then leave it as like oh or is she gonna get eaten or is it gonna be like she's gonna figure it out you know i love that's what that I idea at. because you already because like we talked about you already knew what you were getting into from <laughs> before this even started so starting with what you already know is happening and then letting that be the tension as you go through. Ooh, right. that'd be, that, yeah, I agree. That would, I think that would have worked a lot better to be a little bit more investing than the first 20 minutes of yeah. any given horror movie that this was. And it, it, that could, that could inform what, maybe why he's not drinking any, you know, like kind of maybe he went with a girlfriend the first time and this is a new girl, you know, it's, it, it puts a lot of seeds of like, Oh, is this what's going to happen? Um, Maybe yeah. in 20 years, Kyle, you could write ultimate Eat the Rich when they <laughs> when they when they do an ultimate universe yeah. version of it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's, That's a comic book joke. That's a, I'll put that I'll put that on my calendar. Like 20 years you yeah. gotta write this. Yeah. Ultimate uh, Eat the Rich. Eat the Rich, the new 52. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Um Okay, so uh, that sounds interesting from what I heard. I know I had to step out, but um, uh, Eat the Rich. That came out this week or last week? This week. This okay. Week. Okay. Did yeah. Static come out this week? It did not. I no. was really sad It was about slated that. to, but it didn't. Yeah, same thing for Blue and Gold. That's right. I have yeah. that here, but you're right. Um, did someone read Batman Catwoman? Yes. Yeah. Oh, both of you guys did. Okay. Uh, I got the pictures for Batman Catwoman here. Uh, Batman Catwoman takes place in a slightly different timeline. Like, the present is the same, but the future is alternate, right? Something like that? Yeah. yeah or is the, like, is the present alternate, but only recently an alternate timeline? I don't... Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. I was going to say, it's it's a weird like mix of kind of what was going on in the Tom King Batman like Catwoman era or like when he was marrying Catwoman but then it yeah. also like kind of dumps in a lot of like animated series history specifically Mask of the Phantasm like imagery like almost it's like almost a sequel to Mask of the Phantasm but set in a different world like universe sort of it's it's yeah. very it's, it's weird which I think is probably why they put it as a black label title to kind of right. set it apart because other black label titles are like, I know Rorschach is a black label title. Yeah, um, I think it's ambiguously canonical. <laughs> What's that? It's ambiguously canonical, as many of black label book are. Even like Three Jokers doesn't feel like it belongs anywhere near whatever the hell else was going on with Batman right. when it came out. So yeah, I think like a little thing. I think it's just their way to be like, because Elseworlds, I, I I think Elseworlds was, and they haven't done it for years. Is just so Brandon as like this has to be different, like oh it's Batman in the eighteen hundreds or it's you know like Superman yeah. in Moscow or whatever. But like they were like, what if we just wanted to do like little side trips here and there and like yeah. 
it's not as like a drastic as like a Marvel what if, I guess is kind of like the, right. the tenth. It's like, now, look, I just but... want I just want one thing in this in this different universe, and that's Batman goes down on Catwoman. That's the only <laughs> thing different about this universe. We don't even have to like we just know. We don't even have to show and, uh... it. We just know that in that's what's different about this universe. You know? And then yeah, and then they just that that way too, it doesn't mess with their it doesn't mess with their plans, but they can just be like, yeah, just do this, and they can still make money and tell interesting stories. But um, don't we need to know whether there are or there were three Jokers? Don't we need to know that? Nah, not according to three Jokers, because it doesn't matter no. after the end of that story. Uh, that, no, I know, but which one dated, is when something which is one like dated Harley? Of time. Which one did Harley know? Ah, uh, I guess. <laughs> That's Harley's not maybe hooking a, up. Maybe a little of all of them. Like, no, Har- oh, Harley no. is Harley. In my opinion, Harley. I mean, Harley's bi, but she's monogamous. That's what I. Yeah. Think. And so, whereas in my opinion, when it comes to Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Wolverine, I don't think Wolverine and Cyclops are bi, but they're non-monogamous, so they both are dating Jean Grey. I think that those, like, those are different concepts. That's my yeah. personal opinion. I don't think that Wolverine and Cyclops are having sex with each other, but they're having sex with each other. You know what I mean? I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. I I wish, like, I have a whole rant on how annoying the whole, like, even thinking about Three Jokers a little bit is. Oh, yeah. Going back to Batman Catwoman, uh, what I find interesting about this book is that they didn't bog you down with the mystery of who the, the phantasm is because they're like, all right, you've already seen the animated movie. You know what the deal is. Uh, it's Andrea, and uh, we're jumping between three different time periods at this point, which right. uh, has that, been cool, but also just kind of disorienting. They I, do I wish there was like a little thing. Like, I felt like mm. how when I was watching, I watched Dunkirk, and mm. a certain point that it was all like, one is like a week ahead, one's a day ahead, and one's like an hour in time. And oh, like yeah. jumping back and forth, I was just like, what? It did take because initially I thought there were two timelines, and then I was like, oh, there's a third timeline. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's very, and it's hard to, the second and third, it's almost hard to, or the, whatever, there's the future one, and then there are two that are very near each other, and it's a little bit hard right. to decide. It's like 10 years difference, right? It's close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, it's like a little, I enjoy it, but it's a little confusing. I, I'm, I'm excited for it to come out where I can like really sit down in just like one sitting, kind of like read it. Yeah. Um, Cause I definitely, I've, I've this only is read the one two I, or three issues. I've only read two or three issues of this. So this is the one I kept up with weekly, but I reread all of them before this one because I was like, oh. also I, th- I thought the sixth issue was going to be the last one for whatever reason. Only halfway through, buddy. Yeah, yeah, twelve, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I and, and like on the on that sort of the 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 jarringness of the time change, I think it's because often it happens like oh, within the same page they'll transition mm-hmm. between timelines. Yeah. You're like, okay, give me a second because these two people look exactly the same. Now we're just like in a completely different place doing a completely different thing. Yeah. Uh, right. Although this doesn't read as annoyingly as a lot of other Tom King, Batman, Catwoman stuff does. Because in his mm. Batman run, I got real sick and tired of how he wrote that relationship. Because if he said <laughs> Bat-Cat one more time, I was going to smack him. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I was going to smack Batman if he said Bat-Cat. Come on. Uh, but I like right. that. 
this reads a lot more smoothly than that uh, because he's he's trying to tell these three stories so he can't be uh, too like crazy and ambiguous because you have to nail down where you are at all times here. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the mystery that like <clears throat> the the mystery of how we're gonna deal with Catwoman having just straight up murdered the Joker. Uh, right. In and, the future. And, right. Yeah. And how like yeah. Helena is gonna is gonna deal with that. I think that's that's been like the most engaging part for me. Uh, in this mm-hmm. issue, you get to see uh, old lady Catwoman don some spandex again and go out and kick butt, and I think that's fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This. I was like lukewarm on Tom King's Batman, uh, but I have been pretty positive on this. I've been digging this so far. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. Okay. Go at the beginning of like the constraints of like maybe he's working without constraints mm-hmm. and can do versus like worry about like well we're setting up these four things to work your story around that. And- yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. I have an idea that I just came up with, a theory, so to speak. And that is because of the way movies are, and movies are taking their storylines from the comics, right? They're try- they're trying out in the comics, and they're moving to the, to the movies. Whether a lot of these authors are trying to swing for the fences instead of just being like, let's just get some bases. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's swing for the fences. Let's try to make things that are so iconic and throws things on their heads and like flips things around and let's try that instead of being like Tom Taylor in Nightwing right now is just, he's like, let's just, let's just get some runs. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of it's cause they're, you know, and, but then you have like, like let's make Batcat a thing. Batcat, Batcat, Batcat. So that we can get that name trademarked and yeah. it's Batcat. And now we're going to do Batcat stuff and then the merchandising rights. And then maybe we make a cartoon series just on their relationship and like, whatever. I feel like that's swinging for the fences where it's like, let's just, let's just have a good run. And then why do agree with that? Agree? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Benny. No, uh, go ahead. I agree with that, but I think that like, I appreciate that it's in black label, right? That writers are like, right. that's what black label should be for, right? For writers being able to like, just go buck wild and like do their thing. Uh, so right. that you don't have to have these runs that sort of are this weird half and half between writers trying to go super hard while also being sort of constrained. Uh, you get right. a black label book, which is just like a writer doing whatever they want on this character, uh, right. with making those sort of small tweaks. I, I may not like all the black label books, uh, right. but I appreciate what that is for uh, and, and right. what they're doing with that. Uh, that it can just be like, we want to do a standalone sort of I, I like I guess timeless would be the word, right? Because it's not stuck in one particular uh status quo for these characters, right? They can do their right. own little timeless Batman, Superman question, whatever story. Uh and I think that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, I also I like, do like the name black label. Mm-hmm. It makes it sound classy. Am I am like I alcohol? It does. <laughs> it does. Yeah. But like something classy, it's like drink this up, you're old enough. Mm-hmm enjoy you know and i and i do feel too it's like it's nice to he can tell a 12 issue story i know the release schedule's been a little bit whatever on this title but you can tell a 12 issue story without having to take a break in the middle to be like okay (laughs) in this issue like superman's coming they're going on a double date and then we're doing this and then we're going here and then adam strange pops in for a second and takes this and then 
for the next three issues it's this big this mini event and then we'll come back to it it's like no you can just tell the story and not have to like worry about other stuff creeping in yeah yeah kyle question for you what made you start to pick this up monthly as opposed to in trade once it was done um i liked uh i liked the batman I, i mean i liked batman a lot and i like mask of the phantasm so that kind of was the the hook when i saw that yeah and it did just hit i think the first one just hit the dc app so i had like read that and then got the like read went back and got the other ones but yeah um so that was really it also like i tend to money wise tend to like focus on like mini series stuff versus Mm. monthly stuff um yeah hmm um, is Batman Catwoman a good series for someone to jump on? I, I, I would heavily rec if if you want to jump into this run, I would recommend you watch Batman: Master of the Phantasm and like do that anyways because it's yeah. great because yeah. it's awesome. It's yeah. the best Batman yeah. movie. Uh, yeah, but uh, that is like I, I agree. View. But like Lego Batman is is one of the best. But yes. I I will concede to that. Yeah. Uh, yes. It has a reverence for Batman that a lot of things don't have. Uh, but yeah. I think that Mask of the Phantasm is like required viewing for this. Because oh, for sure. They do not explain who the Phantasm is or Andrea at all. They just like sort of drop you into that. And like if you read the Tom King Batman run, that this feels like a like a heavily hinted at as a sequel to that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like jumping into this like raw without any of that would be sort of rough for a new reader. Yeah. yeah. Did Tom King's Batman run end? What was the final arc? Was that City of Bane or no? Yeah. I hated City of Bane. That's one I hated. <laughs> I was I I was I liked uh Bat Batcat. I liked that. I like I was fine with that. But City of Bane, when when like a good quarter or a third of that City of Bane arc was a dream, I don't like Batman stuck in Dreamland. Batman always gets stuck in Dreamland. Like, all like the Batman. time. I also don't like Batman stuck in Dreamland when it's not, like, the Mad Hatter or Scarecrow. Right. And a, it's a one-off. I don't want it right. to be, like, three Jokers. It's, it, the, the end didn't matter. It's like, I just wasted my money and time reading this. Yeah. Like, yeah. That Tom King run was very up and down for me. I think he has, he had some, like, really high highs, and I think that uh, some like those double date issues, as much as they felt so disconnected from everything, I love them. I love, I love them. them so much. Yeah, uh, and I think he does a lot of the the sort of almost his small issues. I liked a lot better than his larger stories, like the Brave and the Mold. That one issue, one shot with uh, him and Swamp Thing for a little bit, that oh, was okay. like a really great issue. There's so That's much in cool. there that I think works great by itself but then the big overarching stuff i was just like eh, it, just, it didn't work for me personally at least yeah yeah um i uh uh i got nothing <laughs> that's that's uh, man you know man yeah manny's right um yeah. yeah uh okay did you guys read there were so many books i wanted to read this week and i didn't get a chance to uh uh what's another favorite that you guys read uh, my pick of the week was Home, number five. That's right. Uh, that's right. Tell tell us about Home, and I'm gonna try to find these these the proper uh, images. Kyle, did you read Home? I did not. 
Word. Okay, so uh, a lot of people have been sleeping on this book, and I'm going to yell about it until everybody starts picking it up because I love it. This is the fifth and final issue of the arc, which leaves it open to more stuff. So the idea is there's this young kid who is an illegal immigrant to the, uh, to the States. He is being uh, uh, tracked by the by immigration. He has superpowers. Uh, he can like shoot fire and he's got super speed from what we understand here. He comes from a family that uh, sort of has these powers and it's about him having to uh, sort of escape immigration as they're tracking him and things like that. Uh, you know, as a first generation uh, American, uh, Latino immigrant stories mean a lot to me and seeing that done so well and seeing like we got like Latino superheroes and I, I, I love stuff like this and it's, so heartfelt. Uh, it puts a heavy emphasis on family and uh, like he has like a heartbreaking conversation with his mom in one of these issues where uh, she's over in his home country and he's in America and they're sort of trying to figure out what they're going to do. This issue uh, has his uh, cousins who also have super superpowers coming in to save him. Um, and it does this thing where the younger generation wants to actively fight back against the government who's doing this to them. And the older generation uh, are like, we have to stay low key because that's how we keep, that's how we keep ourselves safe. And that, and that rang very true to me uh, in terms of how like me and the, the, the generation before me feel towards a lot of social issues. Um, and I think that was really cool to see, especially like that, but with superpowers. Um, I, I don't want to say too much more about the overarching plot, because I genuinely want people to read this, and this is the last issue of the arc. So everybody, please go read home. It's really good, and uh, it will make you cry. I promise. Um, does every issue make you cry, Manny? Every issue of Home, because I feel uh, like you're you're very uh, uh, connected to this series. Yeah, this issue, uh, I was it. It made me think a lot. I think, and uh, the it. Uh, it was super relatable, and that's what this 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 book has been so far. Is uh, you know maybe not the circumstances that they're put in, but sort of the way that the family reacts to this, and, and the heavy emphasis on what that means, uh, has meant a lot to me, and uh, has been really great to see. Uh, and I can't wait till it gets put in trade, so I can just throw it at people and go like, ah, it's yeah. all here in one place, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, everybody go read, that, it, please. That's the cool thing about trades. So for anyone out there listening. Uh, these these issues that we're talking about that come out week to week or month to month, um, uh, they're single issues. But every six or however many issues that that comprise a story arc, uh, it could be as small as two or as large as twelve. Like we don't know, but they they release them as paperbacks or hardcovers, trade trades. So trade paperback or uh, you know the hardcovers, collected editions, whatever you want to call it, and. Uh, uh, those are like the best for people who want to read those stories from start to finish. You don't have to wait a month in between each issue. Uh, it's akin to a movie versus episodes. Some people like to binge episodes, right? And like each month is a new episode, a new single issue. But if you want to binge it, you wait for six issues to come out and then, bin, you know, read all six. Like I just binged the Daredevil comics that, that are going to be ending soon. Um, it's Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run. I just binged like 24 issues all at once mm -hmm. the other day. Uh, and cause I was like, I need to get caught up with this cause the art is amazing and the story's amazing. Um, but it didn't come out this week, so we don't have to talk about it, but you know, 
um, I forget where I was going with this, but uh, I'm glad that you're like connected to this man. And, and, um, and the other, the other thing too with the trades, it's nice because sometimes there will be an issue that's hard to find. Like a lot of times, the yeah. first issue, or it'll just be, you know, you'll be, it'll be like, oh, they introduced a character once in this issue, and that character has started to take off, and that that issue is now sold out, or it's really right. So it's like the trade is always going to be around twenty twenty five dollars for six issues versus yeah. yeah. Uh, there and there's better deals though. Yeah, I oh, mean, for sure. As, as much as I would hate to say, like, go to Amazon. I do shop on Amazon. So if you want to find Amazon and use that as a starting point to find books that you want, then going to eBay and comparing those those books, because eBay will have used trade paperbacks. But part of my collection in the back is used paperbacks. I'm fine with it. I get I get um some of the eBay stuff is like old library comic books mm-hmm. where they sometimes have the library stamp on it, and I'm fine with that. I'm like I got it. As long as the spine is intact and can show me what it is when I put it up on my shelf, I love it. I love used comic books. And, uh, you know, uh, you just got to find what works for you. I'll, I'll go ahead and recommend, um, there's an app called Hoopla. And as long as you have a library card, you can sign in. Ho- and it's sort Hoopla, of based. Right? Hoopla? Yeah, H, yeah H-O-O-P-L-A. Yeah, Hoopla. Okay. And as soon, like, uh, if you have a library card, you can sign in. It's sort of based on, I don't know if it's based specifically on your library for there's like a network but i rarely have trouble finding the comics i want to read on there and you can read it on your phone or your tablet um and it's like you get like 15 free borrows a month and uh they also have music and movies and other things but yeah that's primarily like a lot of stuff i want to catch up on um i'll i'll read i'll like go and search out a trade on there and download it and read it breeze through it and then usually then i go out and buy it <laughs> yeah so. yeah uh hoopla is a good one just going to your local library and mm-hmm. checking the the comic section they're going to have comics it, i mean it's amazing there there are multiple options to get comics it depends on whether you want it in print or digital if you want it used or new if you want to own it or rent it these are all things you got to answer for yourself and then once you find that out there are options for all of those. Uh, I'm just going to pop my head into the ring. Please, if you can, if you have the ability to, if you can go there, support your local comic shop. These are yeah. uh, rocks of the comic community. They keep they keep us alive, so we should keep them alive. If you're not sure yeah. where your local comic shop is, please go to comicshoplocator.com, type in your zip code, and you'll be able to find whatever's near you. If anything, if there's something there that you can't find... Talk to your comic shop people. Ask them if they can get something in for you. They are nicer than you think an overwhelming majority of the time, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are from you guys are from New York, right? You guys are both in New York right now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What are the comic shops out there uh uh that that you like to rep? Because I got a couple over here. Uh we got Comic Hero U. Uh, I'm in Fullerton, California. So in Southern California, Orange County, if you're around here, Comic Hero U is is a good one. That's my favorite. Um, My friend Enrique owns it. He does a lot of community outreach work. During COVID, while the kids were indoors, but they were picking up their school lunches at school and like driving home, he would give them comics to take. So he stood there while there was the line, the line of cars and he would give the comics to everybody. And so sick. Yeah, he did that because of donations from the community. Instead of donating money to 
his shop to keep the shop afloat. He was like, my shop will stay afloat. Don't use the donated money to pay for comics for those kids. Um, and so he he definitely is doing great work for the community. Comic Hero U, Comic Hero University, whatever you want to call it, it's full to California. And then we also got Comic Quest is also a friend of the shows uh, there in Lake Forest, uh, California. So South Orange County or North Orange County, if you're around there, we I got one recommendation for either or. But what, what do you guys got up in New York? Uh, my go-to is always going to be Forbidden Planet NYC right on Union Square. Uh I've been going there since I was a kid. I worked there for a long time, and now I'm just a regular customer there. Uh, friendly people, big stock of stuff, uh, and just like a genuine, just like a genuinely great community over there. Uh, over in Brooklyn, you've got Anyone Comics. Uh, it's a smaller shop, but they do a ton of events and little conventions uh, and comic swaps. Uh, if you're looking for a place to like really. Uh, sort of get connected to the comics community in New York City. Just like look up one of their events and go there. They're really great people. And uh, I always find something weird or cool in that store because they also have a lot of like, you know, secondhand stuff and out of print stuff. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Kyle, do you have a favorite yet? Well, over there? Uh, no, because we just moved. So, and I was doing yeah. Forbidden a lot. So I don't want to double up, but I will say, um, <laughs> My wife and I were in uh, Texas, and we went to Austin, um, and there's a place called Bat City Comics in Austin. Uh -huh. It's like a little house that is just like a huge comic shop. They were super nice. They had a ton of like cool back issue, like random stuff there. Um, they do a lot of like reading programs uh, for kids, like after school stuff, uh, a lot of comic donations. They were delivering comics as well, so check them out if you're in that area. Okay. I... I have an idea now. I'm gonna. I want to. Uh, I want to get some a list of recommendations for comic or comic shops in every state or in every area in every state, and then maybe comprise a list and then see what we can do about like creating a, some images to display them on the show. Yeah. So that for anyone who wants to find comic again, yes, uh, Manny is correct. Comicshoplocator.com has that. Uh, but you know, if you want like tried and true places, because here's, here's what I've heard and it's easy for us guys. Right. But mm. I've heard from many, uh, uh, female comic fans that they don't want to step foot in the comic shop because in certain places, the comic shop people, and it's not all comic shops, obviously the ones that we recommended are, are great, but there are comic shops out there that are not woman friendly. They will either say inappropriate things or they will brush them off as not real fans. They're either they're So they either get harassed or not included. It's mm -hmm. one of those two. Right. And those aren't something that we want in those, in the comic book community. That's not something that the key stands for or me or like you guys stand for. You guys are great. Uh, so maybe finding like creating a list of like good places might be, might be very helpful for everybody, men and women alike. So. Uh, that was just an idea I just came up with. That's that's uh, great, actually. We, yes. Yeah. I think we should do that. Because what I was going to say is Lex from Wednesday Poll, I know, I think he's in Austin. I don't know where he gets his comics, but he's talked about it on the show before. And I need to double check with him because there's people in Texas that need their comics. So it's like, where yeah. should they get their comics, you know? Um, What are, what are some other... Uh, 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 as we we got like we got uh, we got a good amount of time. We can still talk about a couple more comics. Uh, I'm trying to see what came out 
this week. Again, normally I would just read everything, but at the same time, I didn't have time. I wanted to read Flash 773 because I love Flash and they're finally changing things around. Um, here are the covers for Flash 773. is Heatwave versus, versus Wally. Wally is the Flash now in the comics. At least, yeah, he's the main Flash again, which Wally, to me, is my favorite Flash. Uh, Adele in the comments says, Austin books and comics. And she puts a Michael Buble picture of him going, ha, chef's kiss. Uh, And so Michael Buble agrees, uh, Austin books and comics. Okay. Um, But Flash 773, yeah, Wally is my favorite Flash, and he's back to being Flash. So uh, I've been really into this recent run as of Infinite Frontier. So, I don't know if you guys read it. I am behind on Flash, but Wally is one of my favorite characters in fiction. I love that character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm excited to see him back in that role. Uh, I'm, I just usually read the Flash in trade. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a, little, a little behind. So, you could speed read pun. <laughs> hey! <laughs> don't worry, if I wanted to, I could catch up in a Flash, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kyle, uh, do you read? Did you read I, Flash? Do I you read not, the Flash? I have not read this one. I haven't read the. I don't read the Flash a whole lot. I do like the Flash. I'm more apt to read this knowing the Flash. Yeah, Wally's back. Barry is boring. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest. I grew up with Wally West as the Flash, right? Mm-hmm. Mark Wade, Jeff Johns, that run, right? Uh. I grew up with Wally West as a Flash. Kyle Rayner was my Green Lantern. Uh, uh, Connor Hawk, I wasn't too into him at the time, but he was Green Arrow at the time. Those three, and then Grant Morrison's Justice League run, like that lineup. Um, people are always like, how do I know which one's Barry and which one's Wally? Because when written correctly, Barry is boring. Barry is boring. Wally is fun and more like, he's more of a, quote-unquote womanizer he's the fun flash you think of but like, like he's not like, though man's not in wife for years i don't know what you're talking about mr I, slow sorry. down there sir let me let me rephrase put some respect wally on west, my man's name okay on in jeff john's run wally west is not a womanizer but in justice league he is because that's younger flash before he gets uh 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 in a relationship right Yes, he's he's not yeah. been a, he's not been like a like single awkward Wally since like before the Mark Wade run. Man has been dedicated to that woman Linda for years. All right, I don't, don't want to hear that. Sir. All right, Manny, I'm sorry, Manny, Manny, please, <laughs> Manny, please forgive me. Uh, no, but okay. When, so I'm talking specifically fl- Justice League, Justice League, and then also <laughs> Wally West in Teen Titans, uh, yeah. the cartoon. Uh, and then also in Young Justice, it's always he has that hyper personality. He's he's a jokester. Barry's not a jokester. Barry's flashbacks. He's just that teacher. Well, and then they, had, you know? I think I think too they went back to, oh, the Flash is the funny one. So when they brought back Barry, they tried to make him funny, but yeah. his jokes never land. So it's like my, my if Flash Barry. is telling a joke. Yeah. And it lands, it's Wally. If it doesn't, it's, it's Barry. <laughs> my, my issue with Barry is that you can't, that is, a, that is an interesting character. You just have to write him as a distinct character from Wally West, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is because when Jeff Johns decided to bring uh, Barry back, he very much 
literally deleted Wally for a very long time. So he took a right. lot of the qualities from Wally and sort of mixed them into Barry. But Barry is an endearing, dorky dude. His joke. Yeah, he's a dork. Not he's a dork. Yeah. yeah. His, when his jokes, and the problem is, his jokes shouldn't land for you or anybody else, right? That's the that's the thing. Yeah. They have to write Barry as a real as a Danny says. Barry is a uh, is a grown man, like a, like a <laughs> properly grown man, and that they yeah. should write him that way. I like I've said before yeah. on the show. Yeah, the Flash should belong. The Flash mantle should not belong to anyone that we've seen so far. It should be someone way different by now. We we yeah we've talked about it. I think there has to be like a like a hierarchical like growing into a position. So for example, there should be a bunch of like younger flashes that are non-denominational where it's like they're not kid flash they're not the flash right so it's impulse like for instance was his own thing impulse is not a legacy like but like there should be a bunch and then one of them will graduate to kid flash and then at some point maybe that kid flash will graduate to flash like i think there's kind of should be just, a thing there are you just pitching flash university as a as a kind title of. in <laughs> a way I think that's what works yeah. so well about the Mark Wade run, right? Is that it, it, that was an ensemble book, but not of a bunch of Flash and Kid Flashes, but a Flash and his and his merry band of speedsters who are all homies, right. the best stories, and there are them sort of working within the the family stuff, right? So yeah, uh, and, and like at this point, like I've said, Wally should have been retired, and mm -hmm. somebody else should take that mantle because the as like Mark Wade himself said, and everybody and a lot of people after him have said, the Flash is a legacy book. Flash is a book about legacy, and they should keep and th and that I think is what makes that book great, and that's what I think makes that character great, no matter who is in that mantle, and that's what you have to do to make a Flash run, you know, like 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 properly enjoyable. Put yeah. some kind of emphasis on that, and I think Williamson tried to pick up the pieces in his rebirth run, right, because he was like, oh God, we missed that for so so for a long time, so he sort of had to rebuild it by himself. Uh, which, yeah. you know, for better or for worse, right? He was sort of doing what he what he had to do. But I'm interested to see how we work with the Flash legacy going forward, especially because we're introducing a new Flash, uh, the Jess Chambers that was introduced in Future State. So Yeah, but that is that an alternate universe or is that the future? I am not sure. Okay. Uh, I, um, and it can't be... We're it can't be... An, it can't be this timeline because Jess Chambers is... is Liberty Bell or yeah, she's Liberty Bell right now. So that's a different Jess Chambers. It has to be because that's from a different timeline. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I said she, but I meant they. Did I say she? But I, I meant they. I think you said she for the 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 regular the Liberty the Bell. Yeah, which I think okay. is, is and, and they yeah. for well, yeah. new Jess. Let's we'll roll back out. the tapes. Let's roll yeah. back the tapes, everybody. Uh, uh, non uh, and we're, we're Jess Chambers. So much about Jess Chambers okay. is non-binary. Sorry, Jess Chambers non-binary for anyone out there who didn't know. Anyway, sorry. I, I was gonna Hi. say we're talking so much about like Barry and Wally and like Wally replacing Barry and but like and and yes, it is a legacy book because Barry's not even the first Flash. Jay Garrick mm -hmm. is the first Flash, and yes, they retconned yeah. it to be Earth Two, but like if you start now, no longer it's not a retcon oh, anymore. Okay. Well, it was That's a the... it was a retcon originally. <laughs> then they took it away for Rebirth or not Rebirth for New Fifty Two. But then they put the JSA back into the timeline now. I see. Comics. Okay. Uh. Yeah. That's There's what like Comic yeah. logic. And, yeah. yeah. That's why if anyone's reading DC, start from Infinite Frontier, which has only been around for about five months or so. Only You only got to start, like, with, when it says Infinite Frontier on the cover, start with that run. I think the trades for that are just starting to come out, too. So you'll Good. be able to, like, pretty much pick up. 
I think they'll come out next month, maybe. Good. Because it's been like, usually it's like six-ish, right? Six to eight? Uh, yeah, it depends. Sometimes they'll be like, like, for example, the Flash run, uh, the first arc is only like three or maybe four issues. And so that out. will probably be released as its own thing just to get people onto the new normal. Yeah, I was going to say, they'll probably fast track a lot of those to get people. Flash track. Yeah. <laughs> Fast track uh, is already a pun. Why did I have to add? Like, why isn't that okay. a speedster identity? Fast track? Ooh, fast track. That is. Because yeah. they're always trying to figure out what's another, like, name, scientific name for a speedster. Inertia. Bel- you velocity. Know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're always trying to come up with some hip new name for a speedster. Godspeed. <laughs> Do you see where you're you at? Fast track is sitting right there for fast you. Fast track, yeah. But it also sounds like fastback. A turtle from the just is it just a lot of animals? Is that who he is? Isn't Fastback like a new gods character? Or am I thinking Calabac? No, Cal- no, I'm no. I'm right. Fastback is a is a new gods character. Oh, is he also yes. the turtle though? No, he's uh uh <laughs> like a, the new god speedster. Who's the speedster turtle from that alternate universe? With Captain oh, I, know, I know who you're with talking Captain about. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's fast. It's fastback. You're right. There are two That's also fastback. Fast yes. yeah. Okay. One's with a CK and one's with a K. I know that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Danny Lore says Flash is one of the best legacies in all comics. Yes. And oh, when yeah, a yeah. comic relies on legacy, you can't reboot it. You can't. It, it's so like. You have to build upon the legacy and allow growth, you know? And that's the tough part. That's the tough part. Um, uh, let's see. Is there anything else big that you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, what else? Are, um, I'm trying to look at... Um, look at I you guys are Superman and the Authority? Big. What's up? Superman and the Authority? I didn't read it, but you want to you want to tell? Uh, sure. This I, I'm still confused as to where, when, how all of those questions this takes place. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an alternate it, timeline. It has to. Well, it definitely is an alternate timeline yes. given Superman and the Authority one. That's yeah. the only one I read. I haven't read the new one, so. Uh, it it is definitely an alternate timeline. I'm just not sure. As with many a DC book these days, I'm not sure what the, is this someone that we're already supposed to know. Or is it one that we don't know? Because a lot of DC books really, like, Mr. Miracle does the same thing, where you're like, what? what, right. what tell me something. But other than that, if I ignore me needing to obsess over continuity, uh, this book has been really interesting. This issue is them assembling most of the team, right? So uh, Superman and uh, Manchester Black going to people like United and Apollo and uh, the New Steel and, you know... Trying to trying to get them to join their team. It's interesting to see a a a depowered Superman. We're still dealing with, like, oh, he's like nowhere near as strong or as fast as he could as he ever was before. Uh, yeah, we get this really cute meeting between uh, Apollo and Superman because Apollo is like a big Superman fan, and that's sort of what he modeled himself after. And he's just like a little fanboying. He's like, you know, I I started I like like I've become something different from you, obviously, but like I started idolizing you, and he's like, oh. Oh man! Also, love Apollo and Midnighter. Whenever they show up in anything, 
They're like yeah. one of the, one of the greats of comics couples, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so uh, go ahead, sir. Oh no, I was about to say I, I I like the authority now, not this authority, but I mean the original like authority stuff. But I remember when I was a younger, I was like, I don't like how violent it is. It was so violent, but now I'm like, okay, cool. It's legitimately good. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that—that's like what it was supposed to be in his inception, right? It's like a, it's like right. a more intense and uh, a more authoritative uh, Justice League, right? Um, right. So I'm, I'm interested to see what Morrison does with this book going forward. Like, what what's going to be their big threat, right? Because right now we're still sort of in the process of. Uh, gathering the team right now, they're trying to break uh, a this version of the Enchantress out of maybe hell, uh, which is how. Oh, that, and that ends. oh, yeah, th we're talking DC Comics Enchantress, right? Yeah, we're talking. We're talking June Moon. June uh, Moon. Love that name. June uh, Moon with her spoon. Exactly. Uh, so they're trying to. Yeah. So they're trying to break her out of. Uh, out of out of hell ish place where she's experiments are happening on her, uh, and that's okay. how this issue ends. So again, it's only four issues. So. I'm it that's like super quick. So I'm super curious to see right. is this the start of something new? Uh or is this like you know, like a quick one and done yeah. sort of thing? I think they're testing out concepts because uh I don't know, I mean, uh, I don't know who out there knows what happened with DC Comics, but like they had a huge like slate of comics and then they were like, nah, we're cutting it mm -hmm. all. Like and we we're paring it down. But it doesn't mean that they're producing less series. A lot of series got canceled, but they're producing producing a lot of miniseries. And I think they're trying to see if the miniseries catch on, then maybe they get a limited run. So like Blue and Gold, which is Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, back in the day, let's just say two, three years ago, they would have been like, nah, just give them a series. And when they end, they end. But then now they're like, nah, give them six issues. And I'm sure if the six issues do well, then, or create any point like plot points we'll pick up the plot points later in something else or give them their like new series like i think that's what they're doing with everything I, in DC. I like i like that a little better because what i mean what they did recently was like sometimes they would just cancel a series like and it was like not really yeah. wrapped up or finished and it was right like, so at least this will have an end to at least the story they're telling sometimes they get one arc. Yeah. yeah yeah uh, Marvel does things a little bit differently because uh, Marvel Comics, I think, as a whole might be selling more. Um, maybe the best sellers might come out of DC or Marvel, depending. But, like, I think Marvel as a whole might be selling more. In other, I mean, I don't know. I mean, their comics, they haven't been cutting series per se, but they do a thing where now they're listing the the number and then also the legacy number below it. So, like, Runaways just hit their legacy number of uh, 100 issues. But run it was like issue thirty something of this run, but then their total number was a hundred, and they just finished their run on Runaways, and I think Marvel is doing a thing where like yeah maybe they'll finish a run, and they're fine with like thinking of them as runs. Uh, Daredevil's run is ending in a couple of issues, you know, and it's interesting to see both sides kind of how they're doing it editorially speaking. I, I and I think I think the I like the legacy number being separate from the the issue number because I think yeah. it's easier for people to jump in yeah on something they haven't if you see the number like I'm looking at the Iron Man one here if you see the number 11 it's easier to jump in than thinking oh it's number 636 yeah <laughs> <You know>? right 
Like, right. Right. Um, uh, my only problem obviously with that you is... don't have to read the 635 oh, to get yeah. this one. But, right. you know. Right. Uh, my only problem with the way they're doing it is it's LGY and it should be LGCY. I just have to see. Or just write legacy. You have plenty of space. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I see LGY, I don't like think of that much. I don't think of the word legacy when I see LGY. I, I say leggy in my head. Leggy. Yeah. I was like, which is which is appropriate on the Iron Man one because Stilt Man's on the cover in his big. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Uh, um, Stilt Man was uh, like ten issues. Ten issues ago was in Daredevil. So interesting. I wonder if it's the same one. Um, I I don't. I this Iron Man was a mess. I didn't know hmm. what was happening. They're in like some. Is weird, it still like, alternate? Is it still Korvac? There's. They're talking about Korvac. Stiltman is like yeah. made a cult. It's like weird. Wow. Okay. I yeah. I, I stopped it. Iron Man a couple issues ago, so I'm not up to date with him, and I'm fine with it. Iron Man, yeah. I'm fine with. Unless there's a really good run of Iron Man, I'm not like super on board with Iron Man. I'm on the same, same with Captain America. Yeah. Same with Captain America. Like Brew Baker, great. I I can read Brew Baker and eat that up. But like, I, it's so hard for me to get into some of the like some of these runs. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna end this episode a little bit early today, maybe depending on how much time we have. Basically, uh, I want to thank everybody out there for watching this episode. I see a lot of people here. Adele is in the comments that says Marvel has events, and that Adele kind of likes the short run comics. It's comforting. Yeah. A lot of a, a lot of readers like that, like Runaways. Again, it was issue a hundred, technically the legacy issue that it ended on, but it ended on issue like thirty or thirty three for this run. And it's one of those things like like thirty is way more less daunting, way less daunting than um, a hundred. You know, uh, uh, Iron Man, for example, eleven versus six hundred thirty six. Like, yeah, so. Hopefully, I can find more information that I can display to to show people where to get comics and like where to jump on and so on and so forth. Uh, but thank you to the audience out there, whether it's uh, uh, Danny Lore or Adele or uh, Arthur Bannock was earlier. Um, thank you so much for watching. If you're watching us on live stream, you're watching us on one of four different live stream channels, but our main one is volume.com slash the Keeg show. But if you're listening to us, you're listening to the podcast and the podcast is wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple podcasts or Spotify or iHeartRadio or SoundCloud or Google play, we are on all of those. Uh, so definitely check out any previous episodes if you want to, or uh, check out any one of our other shows that we have here on the Keeg. This is just one of many shows that we have on the Keeg. Uh, we got Comic Talk, we got the Keeg Back, we got the What If After Show, we got the Keeg Live. This uh, this Saturday, we're talking about Spider-Man, uh, and that's super fun. Um, before we get going, though, Manny, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Manny, what is your social media? Can you say it out loud? Tell us where we can find you, if you got any plugs, anything coming up? Uh I am Manny's Picks on TikTok, Manny's.Picks on Instagram. I do videos on comics history, and I do a ton of comic recommendations, so that's where you can find me. All right. You do videos on comics? Oh, on comics. I was like, comics history is like a new app? But no, you meant just in general. <laughs> yeah. It's about comic history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah I, I found Manny through TikTok, and uh, I, 
I do not regret it. I don't regret it. Some some days I wake up and I'm like, do I regret it? Do I regret <laughs> bringing on me? I'm like, no, I do not regret it. Just wait, wait for my inevitable I... heel turn. You'll you'll we'll yeah. get there. Manny, please don't, please don't. Last thing that I want is like Manny to say some like whack ass take, and I'm like, I guess that's it. I guess I I I, I guess I'm done. But uh, it was I nice knowing you. <laughs> so, what? Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I don't believe women can read. And it's like, oh. holy shit, Manny! Holy shit! Ooh. Like, we can't, we can't do this. Where's Ambrosia? Ambrosia? Like, uh, anyway, um, uh, no. But Manny, you're a good guy, and you don't think that. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Uh, so thank you, thank you for being a pleasure to work with. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, Kyle, it's your first time on Comic Talk. It's been awesome being able to talk about comics yeah. uh, with you. Because, uh, again, we've talked about other comic-related things, but weekly comics, never had you on the yeah. show before. No, um, this is great. Did you get the gift basket I put in the green room for you? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 It had, cool, uh, cool, it had cool, this cool. Deadpool mug. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you, you, oh. I, I was that, that not was, was that not for me? That was that was meant for me. That was meant for me. Yours was like a tick, like a little thing of Tic Tacs. I I oh, mixed it up. Yeah, I left oh, that there. Oh no. Okay. Uh, Kyle, what's your social media? What do you got coming up? Where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Kyle Dotson Funny on Instagram and uh, Twitter. I basically just make dumb jokes about whatever and and have my hot comic book takes on there. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot coming up because this virus thing. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Cyrus the virus <laughs> from Con from Con Air. If you guys yeah. remember Con Air, John Malkovich's character was Cyrus the virus. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, uh, but I'd love to have you again on the show. Oh, yeah, anytime. And this was yeah. great to get me back into reading, reading weekly comics because uh, yeah, been a little bit. Yeah, that that's what I that's what I want for this show. Like, I want to be able to inspire people, like whether it's guests or whether it's audience, to like get into comics, to read comics, to have friends you could talk to about comics because that's the biggest thing. Like when I was a kid, I was reading it. And I remember like I read I read Kingdom Come because it was in the library and my friend and I told my friend what was in it. And he was like, Superman and Wonder Woman are married. They have a kid. And I was like, yeah. And then I was and then he was like, that that's not official. He used the word official and it made it just seem like it was fan fiction. And it turns out, yes, it was an Elseworlds. I didn't know it was an Elseworlds. I was like, this is the future. OK, great. I'm reading about the future of DC Comics. But he was like, that's not that, that's not official then. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, I didn't get to talk to him that much about comics. That was like my best friend growing up. But uh, having friends that you could talk to about comics and things that you were reading and have it be in an inclusive and diverse environment, like that's what, that's what I'm aiming for. So uh, thank you both for uh, uh, contributing to that. And hopefully people in the audience will continue to stay tuned to have that. You know, um, but definitely for everybody out there, definitely follow Kyle and Manny on their social media. And if you're on social media, if you could follow the Keeg on Instagram and or TikTok, we're on both at the Keeg Show. 
Uh, we uh, uh, do videos. I just released a little Eternals trailer review uh, video on TikTok. On Instagram is where we keep updated with the schedule. So if you want to know what Ke- the Keeg has, uh, we got the Keeg back tomorrow night with some some awesome people. Um, um, and then we're doing we're talking Spider Man uh, on Saturday. Yeah, we got a we got a full schedule, and I can't wait to uh, uh, keep doing it. But either way, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Manny. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you to the audience out there. Again, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts or watch live streams or Instagram or TikTok. Once again, I'm your host, Mitru Pereira, and this has been another episode of Comic Talk. Take care, everybody.